What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. That's absolutely right. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. Today is Tuesday, July the 11th in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 893 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-host, John Dawson, Jonathan Massey-Y, they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. I got to tell you, we've got another great show coming up for you today. Joining us here in our first hour, less than 20 minutes from right now, is our regular Tuesday guest. He's a news director of the Carteret County News Times and CarolinaCoastOnline.com. He's also our resident NBA and hoops expert. It's our good friend, Richard Clark. He's going to help us take a look at Reggie Bullock's trade to San Antonio. He's going to help us make sense of the NBA Cup, the NBA Summer League, and just so much, much more during his appearance today, uh, literally, listen, basketball season or the NBA season has been over what? Today is July 11th, so it's been over, what, about a month or so, I guess. And it is just crazy that it is still dominating the news. Now, part of that is because there's really nothing else other than uh, this week, Major League Baseball All-Star Game. I guess you could say, you know, the WNBA's in there, NASCAR's doing their thing. I guess the PGA's doing their thing, too. We'll talk to Michael Martin about that tomorrow when he comes on. But, uh, man, the basketball season never ends. I mean, it really doesn't, especially with summer league going on all these, uh, trades and people wanting to be traded. And the last big trade that we've had was a three-way between, uh, Boston and San Antonio and, oh my God, who was the other team anyway? Uh, oh, and Dallas, I guess, since, uh, Reggie came from Dallas, but, uh, man, just can't wait to have a uh, rich on. Obviously we were out of town last week. So we didn't get to talk to him right after all that happened with uh, Reggie in Dallas. I got to message with uh, Reggie some last week uh, after the trade happened, and he's excited about it. How can I say this? I want to write a book, you know, and I'm a writer, and I'm really thinking about – I kind of pitched it to him last week. He didn't answer me back, but you want to talk about a guy who's had an interesting NBA (laughs) – yes, I did, Keith Spence – but you want to talk about a guy who's had an interesting career and has played with just some amazing players. You got to put Reggie Bullock in that man. I mean, he's drafted by the Clippers. So he plays with CP three. He goes through the whole, uh, Donald Sterling thing there. Then he's tra- uh, then he's traded to what to Phoenix after that. And then Detroit, uh, he plays for the Lakers with LeBron one year. So he, then he goes to, uh, New York, he plays in New York for a little bit, then to uh, to Dallas where he plays with Luka and Kyrie Irving for a little bit, and now he's going to be playing with uh, one of the most heralded rookies in, in the NBA in the last 10, 12 years easily. I'd say since Anthony Davis came in at the very least, and heck, some might even say since LeBron came in 20 years ago, so 
I tell you, you talk about a guy who's had a very unique career arc and uh, perspective. It's Reggie Bullock, and uh, he, like I said, messaged with him last week. He was very excited about the uh, trade to San Antonio. Uh, I think there's going to be a couple of rough years in there as they uh, get acclimated to Wimbiana and as uh, uh, as he get, like I said, as he gets acclimated to the league. But I think Reggie's going to be be a big part of that. I know I, I consumed every piece of content I could about the trade last week when we were on vacation, and uh, everybody's talking about just what a calming influence that Reggie's going to be. And he's going to be the uh, one of the locker room uh, leaders. I mean, th- and there's something to be said for that. That is awesome. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Linda. I just, uh, I- I'm so excited for Reggie. And he's excited. He's, uh, some might say, maybe on the downside of his career. I'm not so sure. Especially with being put in the position he's going to be in in San Antonio, where he is going to be looked at as a leader of that locker room. And helping bring Wimby into the league is just going to be awesome. I can't wait to see what's going to happen over the over the next couple of years for Reggie. Uh, it's just going to be a really, really great uh, situation for him. And even if he's traded, I know I say all this and watch, he'll end up getting traded uh, later on today. Uh, he's just in a very good position in his career right now, too. So, uh, anyway, we're going to talk about all that with Richard. I mean, we've got – I want to talk uh, some Dame Leonard, Lillard. I want to talk uh, – uh, we've got literally eight or nine things to talk about the NBA, and we'll be doing that in about 15 minutes here on the Spence Automotive Guest Line. But man, do we have a treat for you in the second hour of today's show, too. Uh, joining us live right here in my plush, well-lit studio on Whitehall Drive are going to be the IP brothers, Isaac Parson from Winston-Salem State University and his brother, Junior Kenston guard, Isaiah Parson. Uh, we've got an exciting announcement we're going to make about IP one, two, I call them IP one and IP two. I think that's pretty cool. IP one obviously is Isaac. Uh, like I said, who's a Ram at Winston Salem state, uh, man, when talk about some great things going on there too. I didn't realize that, uh, now I'm, uh, uh having a brain toot here. The keys help me out here. The guy that the, the star at green central several years ago, he's transferred into Winston Salem state. Why am I having a brain toot here? Anyway, uh, he's going to be a Winston-Salem State this year. They have reworked that team, but the key of the team, the star of that team is going to be Isaac at the point guard position. Can't wait to go see him play some this year. And then you heard me bragging about Isaiah at the East Coast Invitational last month. Uh, He has really come into his own. He's a junior, but he's also, it's his third year on the varsity squad uh, at Kenston High School. And uh, he's learned a lot, and I'm telling you, you could see it uh, down in Jacksonville, too. He is going to be not only helping run the team, and you talk about a team that's got some uh, some great guards on it, but uh, he's a good shooter, man, and you can tell he's worked on it. Uh, he is a just a very, very good, very solid three-point shooter and a, just a jump shooter. I can't wait to see what he's going to do for this offense this year. It's going to be a little bit different Kenson team from past years. I mean, especially – most of the time over the past, well, I've been here 20 years, 21 years, uh, there's there's always some good size on that uh, on that Vikings team. Not so much this year. It's going to be a very guard-driven team over at uh, Kinston High School this year. And uh, Isaac Parson, or I'm sorry, Isaiah Parson is going to be one of the ones that's going to be driving uh, the, the Vikings this year. And so I can't wait to talk to him about the ECI and about getting ready for his junior season at Kinston High School. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. Uh, Isaac Parson, Isaiah Parson joining us live here 
in our second hour. Then we'll play the birthday game. And before we know it, the show will be over again. And it, it, that is what it is. Listen, uh, let me, before we even jump into anything, let's thank a couple of our sponsors here. I definitely want to thank our good friends over at Lenore Community College because the show is brought to you, is sponsored. Our title sponsor is Lenore Community College. For more than 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223, or even better yet, go visit them uh, out on Highway 58. or visit their other campuses in uh, Snow Hill or Trent to find out how you can change your life today. Thank you so much to uh, our good friend, Richie Honeycutt, and all the folks over at Lenore Community College for uh, being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. Could not do it without uh, without them, that is for sure. Couldn't do it without you, dear listener. Hey, also want to thank uh, all our day one sponsors, man, who have been with us. We started this show on December 2nd, 2019. LCC was the first one on board. UNC Lenore Healthcare on board first thing goeco office automation you'll hear about jacques Passeleg and goeco office automation during our birthday game uh thank you to spence automotive keith spence just one of the great guys i gotta take you know, let's let's we'll do a spence automotive read i was on vacation all last week as you know and uh i don't know if i mentioned this or not before i left but left my mustang there uh, with him and uh Got all kinds of great service done to it while I was gone. Came back. It drives like new again. It's my 2016 Mustang GT. And uh, the only person, the only person that I trust with it is Keith Spence and Spence Automotive. It's where I get my car service. It's absolutely positively where you should go to. Uh, Spence Automotive is at 603 Plaza Boulevard in the old Firestone building next to the Piggly Wiggly and Big Lots. It's owned by local sports writing legend Keith Spence and is open Monday through Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Spence Automotive takes care of all your car care needs and also sells awesome tires, too. In fact, this last set of tires that I've got on my Mustang uh, has got the most miles on them. They are awesome. I, I needed high-performance, good tires, and doggone if Keith Spence didn't come through for me at Spence Automotive with them. Hey, I want to hear you tell great stories about uh, Spence Automotive, too. Give him a call the next time your car needs service at 252-686-5011. Or, uh, man, the next time you need a sex. A sex. Ah, the next time you need a set of tires. Yikes. Sorry, Spence. Uh, tell him the Brian Hanks show sent you. You. Okay. Uh, listen, also, before we jump into everything, I want to thank Arendelle Parrot Academy, the largest independent non-sectarian college prep school in the region, located on a beautiful 80-acre campus right here in Kinston. Parrot Academy draws students from all over eastern North Carolina, including Kinston, Greenville, Newburn, Goldsboro, Snow Hill, Trenton, Maysville, Jacksonville. In fact, if you are listening to this show right now over the air, uh, you know, on your car radio, not on an app, which, hey, that's great, too. We love that. But if you're listening to us over the air, you can send your child to a Rendell Parrot Academy, the best private school in Eastern North Carolina. A Parrot Academy students receive acceptances from colleges and universities across the country and around the world. Give them a call at 252-522-4222 or visit their beautiful campus at 1901 Dobbs Farm Road right here in Kenston. And thank you, Mr. David Moody and all the folks over at Rendell Parrot Academy 
for being uh, one of our day one sponsors. Like I said, you heard from all of them. And Woodman Life, too. I want to throw Woodman Life in there. Thank you so much to every one of those who have kept this uh, show going. I heard Jason Bryant yesterday on the show, the sales executive. To the stars for WRNS, we are putting our high school football package together right now. We're going to be covering 11 games. Uh, we're going to be doing 11 games myself. Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith, Paul Whittington on our sideline. Uh, we'll be doing that all season long. And uh, I guess uh, Jason and I are going to meet Thursday to come up with that schedule of games or uh, tentatively the schedule of games. You know, things will change. And just like uh, the NFL does, we'll flex games here and there, especially if we get towards the end of the season. And we're having, uh, you know, say South Lenore has jumped out to an 8 0 start and we didn't have uh, South Lenore. Uh, Doing a game, we, we will switch to that. If they're 8-0 and they're taking on uh, Wallace Rose Hill, who is 8-0, by God, we will switch to that game for sure, by the way. And I'm, I know I said it last year, and I, I think maybe I was a year early. South Lenore is going to be your surprise team this year in our neck of the woods, okay? I'm not saying they're going to win a, a, a state championship or anything like that, but I uh, I have very good feelings about South Lenore. I think they're going to have a winning season this year, a winning record for the first time, and I'd have to look it up and tell you, but it's been a long time, and I, I've, I'm that confident with a great job that they're doing down there in, in deep run in Pink Hill. So, uh, uh, look, I I got to tell you, man, uh, they're, they're going to be pretty good this year. They're going to be pretty good this year. Uh, so keep your eyes on them. But anyway, like I was saying, uh, Jason is probably going to be getting in contact with a bunch of you, uh, that listen to the show, uh, business owners that listen to the show. We'd love for you to sponsor, be a part of our Friday night football coverage, be a part of the award-winning Brian Hanks show. Uh, we, I, I think that's going to be neat again. Thank you so much. Uh, also the Kenston police department down East wood ducks. Thank you so much for being a part of the show right now. Okay. Uh, we've told you who's coming on, uh, just a quick, I gave you a big Junius update yesterday, so I won't, uh, dive in and go as deep as we did yesterday, but listen, he is doing so much better. Got to see him Sunday and uh, he is making improvements. They're slow and they're a lot slower than I want them to be, but he is definitely making improvements. And, uh, listen, I said it yesterday. I'll say it again today. Thank you so much to BJ Murphy and news news for publishing a story. Uh, that I wrote that I helped uh, generate. Listen, thank you to BJ Murphy. Thank you to News News. They published a story about Junius, and it helped raise uh, right at $10,000 uh, from 100 donors uh, in the uh, week or so since it went up there. So thank you so much to him. Uh, man, Junius is improving. Uh, he has been moved to a rehab room. He's no longer in a neural siren. He got out of ICU a week ago. Now he's been moved out of a neuroscience room. He's now in a uh, uh, just a regular room, but a rehab room. He's going to be there for a little bit. He's still learning. He's still learning how to speak again. He can't speak yet, uh, but they're uh, working with him with that and rehab. Uh, they're helping him walk. They're helping him with all the other stuff following that big brain surgery. And uh, just keep keep your prayers going for him. And uh, I will continue to give you updates on him. Love us some Junius. Okay. Hey, congratulations to Ty Eason and Kenston Post 43. Uh, and I got a thank you, uh, big thank you here to Leo Lockhart, too, who uh, sent me a message at 2.23 this morning. Yes, I was already sound asleep. I had been in bed for several hours at that point. But thank you to Leo, who sent me the update last night of Ty Eason and Kenston Post 43. How about this? They upset the top-seeded team in, uh, in our area. 
Uh, Wilson, uh, they had won game one already. They lost game two, three to nothing. But uh, in the best of three series, they came back and won 16 to six in the third and decisive game. They are now in the next round of the playoffs, which began on Wednesday at Pitt Community College. They will take on uh, the Pitt Legion team. And uh, yes, absolutely, I'm going to do my best to get out there and see that game at Pitt Community College. Thursday night, they should be back home against uh, or against Pitt, but at, at Lancers Field. Uh, I, they'll get all that figured out, I'm sure. Well, I, actually, uh, the Kinston Wingmen are at home Thursday against Clayton Clover. So they'll get all that figured out. The main thing is here, I'm going to try to get uh, Ty Eason on the line with us tomorrow and do an interview with him and just get caught up with uh, this first round of the playoffs. And uh, just, They deserve all the good things, man. As hard as Coach Eason works with that team, it's just great news that they won that. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you, Leo Lockhart, who – by the way, I've been trying to get on the show here for about two years now. Maybe now uh, I can get him on sometime this week or next week uh, because, you know, I'm off for 17 days after that. But we're not going to talk about all that right now. But, uh, but again, congratulations, Kenson Post 43, uh, for its upset of top-seeded Wilson in the playoffs. And like I said, the second round, uh, they win that series two games to one. The second round is supposed to be a best of five, depending on weather. But, again, we'll see uh, how it all shakes out, where they're going to be playing. You know what? I, I'm an idiot. I'm talking about uh, Lenore Community They don't play their games at Lenore Community College. They play their games at Kinston High School. So, even if they do play Thursday night, that means we'd have a, a home game Thursday uh, in the playoffs, in the American Legion playoffs, and we'd have a home game with the Kinston Wingman. You know what? I may try to – that would be a fun thing. Go see the first few innings of the Kinston Wingman game over at LCC, then beat feed over to uh, – uh, Kenson High School and watch the American Legion team. That would be a lot of fun. I may try to do that. Linda, I got her plans for Thursday night. Okay, there you go. Uh, the Downies Wood Ducks, they are 9-6. and six. They're in first place in the Carolina League North. They're a half game ahead of Del Marvin. They're a game and a half ahead of both the hated Carolina Mudcats and the Salem Red Sox. Now, they are all for the Major League Baseball All-Star break, uh, which if you watched the uh, Home Run Derby last night, that was just a, a lot of fun man and i usually don't get sucked into that but man we've got a little uh text group between me and uh well i don't even really say that much in it scott whittington paul whittington danny rice and they were burning up my phone last night watching the home run derby and and in fact encouraged me to watch it from everything that they were uh texting back and forth that was a lot of fun man and congratulations i should go ahead and say congratulations to uh vladimir guerrero uh jr for winning that just a, a, like I said, a lot of fun in that last night. But back to the Wood Ducks. They are off until Friday night, and they've got nine straight games at home. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. Uh, they will play Friday through Sunday against the Charleston River Dogs at home. Now, they're going to be the Avocados, the Avocados uh, this weekend for uh, Latin Week or uh, for the celebration of uh, Latin baseball. Uh, so, in that vein, that means Friday night. You're going to get a sweet Avocados Beach T-shirt, and then and that's also Scout Night too out at the ballpark. Saturday, you're going to get a bucket hat, and I love me a bucket hat, an Avocados bucket hat, and it's also going to be Margaritaville Night out at the ballpark. Sunday is going to be Dogs and Dogs Day, so uh, Avocados Weekend out at the uh, Down East Wood Ducks out at Historic Granger Stadium. I know uh, Linda and I will be out there. I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
For tickets, visit woodducksbaseball.com or also the team's box office at Historic Granger Stadium. And Mr. Clemens, I got to give you credit for this one. Uh, he's already Mr. Clemens, uh, Greg Clemens, uh, the father of uh, uh, Down East Wood Ducks general manager, John Clemens. He has already bought his uh, playoff tickets, and he's challenged me to do that. I'm challenging you to do that. We need to go ahead. Yes, the games aren't until uh, September, but we need to go ahead and get those tickets bought and uh, support the uh, Downey Wood Ducks in the playoffs, whoever it is that they end up playing in uh, the first round of the playoffs. You need to go ahead and get those tickets, and we might have a little surprise for it there for you too. In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, John. I hope you don't mind. Uh, we are planning the Downey or the uh, Brian Hanks show is going to partner with the uh, Downey's Wood Ducks, and uh, we're going to we're efforting to have a towel giveaway, a rally towel giveaway, and you will see, uh, <laughs> Mr. Clemens, I just said that. Go buy your dude's playoff tickets. Yes, I agree. You absolutely need to go do that now. But uh, the Brian Hanks show is going to partner with the Downey's Wood Ducks and give away uh, rally towels to the first 500 fans on uh, the Thursday night of the game one, on Friday night of game two. And uh, you're going to want to get your hands on that. But we're in the very early stages of that. Uh, we are definitely going to do it. I, Mr. Clemens and I were uh, talking about what colors the towels need to be and all that. So uh, very excited about that, that we're going to be a part of that. I've never really done anything. We sponsored, I think, a playoff game last year. We were just a little sponsor. But I want to do, I want to do something big this year. And I think having our logo on a playoff towel, playoff rally towel is going to be a lot of fun. So there you go. There's your Wood Ducks update, your Kinston Wingman. Uh, they uh, started a busy week last night in uh, Jacksonville. It was technically a home game for them, but they played in Jacksonville against the Brunswick Surf and Turf. Unfortunately, they lost 8-2 to two in that game. Uh, I do want to thank uh, Chris Miller from the Jacksonville Daily News. He uh, gave us that result last night, uh, or this morning. I texted him this morning. He gave me, they lost 8-2. to two. So the wingmen are now 12-12. 12 and 12. They have a busy week this week against uh, a, a, several opponents. They are at home today as they will take on. Uh, I know they're home today. Let's just say that. I know that for sure. They're home today. That'll be a 5 o'clock game. And then tomorrow, they take on the uh, Air Force. It's either the Red Springs or High Point Air Force. That'll be a non-league contest. Uh, then they're at uh, the Brunswick Surf and Turfs. Uh, later on this week, they're back home Thursday versus Clayton Clovers and at the Clovers on Saturday. Don't forget about the uh, Kinsley North County Sports Hall of Fame. I will be reminding you about that as much as I can over the next uh, few weeks. In fact, I mean, today's July the 11th, so we're only five weeks away or so from the uh, Kinsley North County Sports Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony, which is going to include a lot of folks uh, in it. It's very blessed to have these folks that are going to be inducted into the Kinsley North County Sports Hall of Fame. Clay Croom, Craig Dawson, Daryl Goff, Chris Hatcher, Earl Miller, Charles Shackelford, Peggy Jean Taylor, Don Whaley, Craig Hill, Wells Gulledge, and Bill Ellis will all be inducted, including uh, the 1949 and 1950 Granger baseball teams, uh, the 1955 and 1956 Granger basketball teams, and the 1969 Adkin basketball team. All those teams will still be uh, or will be inducted into the Hall of Fame, too. And joining us from that 1949 Granger baseball team right now on our Spence Automotive guest line is Richard Clark. Dude, I didn't know you played on that team. 
46. Get it right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love when you just lean right into it, man. <laughs> dude, we don't have time to play around this morning. I usually like to, you know, joke around about this and that. Dude, we have got so much to talk about, and it's all from the realm of pro hoops. I mean, the NBA right, Summer we'll League is going on. Wimbiana is going on. I already prepared you for uh, my hot take that we're going to get on that here oh, in a few minutes. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we go indeed. Uh, but before all that, we had a personal connection uh, last week uh, when Reggie Bullock was traded from the uh, – it was a three-way trade. Uh, and we won't get into all the other parts of it because, honestly, I'm not sure people around here care about the, – the only thing they care about around here, Rich – is that Reggie was traded from Dallas from a I thought was a pretty good situation in Dallas playing with uh Kyrie Irving playing with Luca uh to the San Antonio Spurs where he is gonna be I guess helping mentor and he's gonna be the veteran presence on a San Antonio Spurs team that's been down on its luck over the last what, four or five, six years or so, but then draft seven. Seven years. Good Lord. I didn't realize yeah. it was that long. But uh but draft Wimbiana, a guy that you you were the first person I ever heard the word Wimbiana come from, dude. And that's even before all the you know, the breathless people at ESPN talking about how good he's gonna be. But I wanted to get your analysis. I mean, I know when you and I were messaging back and forth, you were thinking it was a pretty good situation. Now you've had about a week or so to uh, reflect on it. What do you think about this trade of uh, Reggie going from uh, going from Texas team to Texas team here, Dallas to San Antonio? I'm, I'm not sure from a uh, winning standpoint. It's probably less toxic, let's say that, because you know that situation in Dallas is going to probably turn bad. Um, and and I think maybe it gives him opportunity to hang around for a while because he is that voice of a veteran presence on a very young team. Maybe he can slide into that Adonis Haslam type situation and play it, but play more than him, obviously, uh, because I think they're going to need him, and they definitely need a adult in the room because they are a young team. I got to tell you, man, I mean, for a guy that averaged, and I don't have it right here in front of me, I should have it, but I'm thinking seven or eight points a game last year. I think that's about right. It was in that range. Dude, I see him I see him being an 11, 12, as much as maybe a 14 or 15 point a game guy next year. What do you think? Well, it would depend on um, probably a lot of things. Like, one, where are they at in the standings? What are they doing? Are they If they're really bad, they'll probably go really young, at least playing time-wise. Um, but I think his value is really going to be in practice and in the locker room and all that stuff because, you know, he, like I said, they're a young team and you want people to teach them how to do it right and say whatever we want about Reggie as a basketball player and blah, blah, blah. He's a professional. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He's been a professional. He's been on multiple organizations. He knows how to uh, be a professional and, and you know, we all we all don't realize sometimes that these are young guys we're talking about, um, and I just think I just put it like this for everybody in the workforce. Just imagine that twenty one year old kid that's working in your office and how he acts. You know. <laughs> no, I agree with that. How about this? He goes from a team where he was probably the fourth or fifth highest paid player to he is almost the highest paid player in San Antonio right now, dude. Uh, with his ten million dollar a year salary. He's only behind Devontae Graham, uh, you know, a former uh, Raleigh uh, Broughton star and uh, Kansas star and uh, who makes 11-5, and then 
Doug McDermott, dude. You remember Doug McDermott? No, I do. I do. Who knew? I, I hate to say this, man, and I'm not trying to be flippant or anything like that, but I got to admit, Rich, I didn't know Doug McDermott was still in the league, dude. <laughs> did you? Did you, well, you did, of course. You know all the stuff. Yeah. Does that surprise you though that he's still in the league? Uh, no, because at the end of the day, if you can have a guy off the bench that can shoot the ball, they can play for a while, and they're not going to cry about playing time and all that sort of thing. Again, that's why I think actually, and I, I hate to say this because if people that don't understand the league might not might construe it differently, but I think Reggie's value is going to be in January when there's teams looking to fortify their roster and move forward for the playoffs. And that would be an asset for the Spurs to get something back of, of tangible value, if you follow what I'm saying. I do. I do. Well, I, I had to pull it up just to satisfy myself. Yes, he averaged 7.2 points a game last year. Uh, three More than three and a half rebounds. That kind of surprised me a little bit. And uh, 1.4 assists. I just see those numbers going up. I really do. I, I, I see him uh, – Probably they're gonna they're gonna want like you said the the adult in the room I guess Doug McDermott sort of satisfies that a little bit too, but uh, I could see Reggie starting next year at least at, like you said in the first half, building up some numbers and then with that uh, him being in a contract year and everything that one thing I've learned from listening to both of our mentor uh, <laughs> uh, Bill Simmons is that I mean these NBA teams they crave these kind of uh, these kind of contracts that are in their final year, even Absolutely. if they're in the 20 or $30 million range, but especially well, one that's in a $10 million a year range, dude. Well, actually, it, you know, it, it actually goes against what you would think logically. They actually need some of these bigger contracts. So if they do trade for some big contract, they can balance that out on the book by trading that asset back. You follow. Like you can't get a $20 million guy and give another team Ten million back. It, does, it doesn't work like that. You have to make the contracts match. Uh, that's why sometimes there's two and three guys and blah blah blah. Uh, it's not always oh this guy's worth three guys. It doesn't work like that. Well, like I said, man, I'm just excited to see. Uh, and and Red, like I mentioned before, I brought you up. Uh, Reggie's excited about it too, man. I mean, he. I think he's got a great opportunity here. He's going to be that voice of reason in a in a locker room and. I guess that's, you know, I keep, I always think about Reggie just being the young guy. I mean, he has, he has segued into being that valuable veteran in a locker room. Yeah, he, he, he's the vet now. He's the, he's the pro now and he's there to teach some of these other guys how to be pros. And again, I can't under, understate it enough. He's an asset. I mean, you think about, I don't know, just pick a team, Golden State or the Lakers or somebody that's in the middle of a run you know, in third place in the West at toward the end of January. And what are they going to need? They all need wing defense and shooting. Yeah. So, you know, that's a, it's an asset for the Spurs. And it could end up with a situation where Rick ends up on a chance to play for a team in the playoff run. I mean, who's to say Denver won't need it? They just got rid of Bruce Brown. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Can you imagine him getting to play with Jokic? Right. I mean, everybody needs what he's got right now. You know, the league, he was probably five years too early, um, you know, for him to really maximize. But the league kind of caught up with his skill set. And so, you know, now he's a he's a valuable commodity. 
Well, I told you, and again, that voice you're listening to, that's Richard Clark from the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. He's our NBA and hoops expert as we're talking a little Reggie Bullock here to begin his appearance this week. And I, I got to tell you, you know, I, you and I were messaging when all this was going on last week, and I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, Reggie and I were messaging back and forth. Then I sent him, hey, I want to write the story. You know, I want to write your book. He never answered me back after that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know how to take that. Maybe he got busy. You know, he's been at Bullock Island uh, down in Belize, you know, the last week or last eight or nine days or whatever. So I'm just, I'm attributing it to uh, poor cellular coverage. He, okay? He's busy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's exactly what I'm attributing it to. But, but, and we'll wrap up our talk about Reggie for this week with this. Dude, and I think we've probably mentioned it a time or two before, but you talk about someone that's got a great story to tell, dude. I mean, he he breaks in with CP3 and Blake uh, Griffin and uh, all those guys, you know, with uh, with the Clippers. Uh, he's there for the Donald Sterling thing. He's one of the players that puts his warm-ups in the middle of the court. Remember when they did that in, oh, yeah. in protest? Yeah, yeah. Then uh, throughout his career, man, he's played with LeBron in L.A., He's played in New York, was a fan favorite for the Knicks, if you remember. I mean, they the New York Knicks fans loved Reggie Bullock in that year, year and a half that he played there. Dude, he's been in Dallas and been a contributor in Dallas, and now he's, uh, I mean, there he played with Luka, one of the best players in the NBA, and Kyrie Irving, one of, uh, I don't know how, I, you got him for everything he's got going on. He's still one of the best players in the NBA right now, Kyrie is. Now he gets to go to Wimbayana. He has had a unique perspective. In his ten year first ten years of his professional career, hasn't he? He definitely has been around the block a little bit, and you know it could be a, it could make a really good book at some point if you know. I, <laughs> no, I don't want to say no, air. No, go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. I, I don't want to say air dirty laundry, but you know the behind the scenes stuff. You know, I heard an interesting comment. They were talking about professional football, and they were talking about how there's been some talk about Josh Allen and his receiver, Stefan Diggs, right? Uh, and their disagreement or whatever, whatever. But anyway, and the guy said, I think people are under the misconception that this doesn't happen every single day in a locker room. And I think the same can be said here. And I think if, if Reggie wanted to air a little bit of that, it would make an interesting story. Um, as you know, the guy we listened to finished the Trailblazers book, so I skimmed it online, and yeah, he's right. There's some stuff in there. You're like, whoa, really? <laughs> so, but I mean, that's a normal season, you know. You put a bunch of guys, particularly young guys, in the same place for an extended period of time, and you're going to have some conflict. As simple as that. Well, there you go. Well, I can't wait. Well, let's talk about the other parts of that trade just real quickly here. Your thoughts on that, and the the big part being Grant Williams going from the Celtics to uh, the Mavericks. And I, I had Don't get it twisted, man. You know I'm a Celtics fan, but I had no illusions that uh, Grant Williams would be still a Boston Celtic going into the 23-24 season. But what does this mean for the Celtics? What does it mean for the Mavericks that they got, uh, I think, uh, one of the valuable one of the valuable pieces, kind of like how we were just talking about Reggie. I thought about Grant Williams that way. I know other guys on the team got all the pub and everything, but – when he was healthy, when he was on the court, Grant Williams was a contributor for the Boston Celtics. Yes, and, and it's exactly what Dallas needs. I mean, their their biggest problem is on the defensive end. So they got to find some guys that can play defense, and they got to find some guys that can play defense um, on the cheap, really. Uh, and he fits the bill, you know, when it comes to that sort of thing. So 
I think it's a good move for them. I don't know how successful they'll be. They made some other moves on draft day. They got Rashawn Holmes from Sacramento, a big man that, you know, might could help them a little bit. At the end of the day, you're, you're hanging a lot on Kyrie Irving, in my opinion. But, yeah. You know. What about my Celtics? Uh, where do they? How good are they right now compared to the way they were at the at the end of the season, being swept by the Miami Heat, or not being swept, almost being swept by the Miami Heat, for, forcing the game seven? But still, hey, let me just simplify. Let me simplify my question here, Rich, and go. Uh, how do the Celtics stand right now as compared to the team that ended the twenty three season? I, I'm concerned. The reason they made their run two years ago to the finals lost to the Warriors was because they had a defensive identity. They were really good defensively. Now, that fell off last year probably because Marcus Smart wasn't as good as he had been, and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm concerned that they might lose that. And if they lose that, where are you? what do you have left? I don't, I'm not sure. Um, that being said, you got Jason Tatum. And I think you'll be okay. And then you you add to that um, Jalen Brown and Porzingis and and Malcolm Brogdon. You should be able to get through the regular season and be a 55 win team just because you can outscore people. My concern with the Celtics is in the playoffs because mm. they'll be at least a three seed. Yeah. Well, I. I... I, are they going to do anything else? I guess is the question I'm trying to ask. I mean, they do get rid of two big parts of Marcus Smart and uh, and Grant Williams, but like you said, Porzingis comes in. I, I just don't see what what they got talking about that big tra- or you know the trade that ended up sending Williams to uh, to Dallas and Reggie to San Antonio. They get if I'm correct, all they got was two second round picks. Is that correct? Um. Yes, but they also get the mid-level trade exception, okay. which is probably what they're going to use to fortify the roster. Now, I don't know what moves are out there, um, you know. So that that, but that's what they got. I think that was what their main goal was, because taking on the Porzingis contract, and you and you got it. They haven't re-signed Jalen Brown yet either, so you got to kind of wonder what's going on there. Um, are they? Is this group going to? Are they looking to sign somebody else? What's going on here? Yeah. So um, I, I am a little ominous about what what they might have in store because it seems like you would have went on and signed Jalen Brown and got that done. The longer this goes on, don't you suspect that more hard feelings are going to be involved? Uh, um, I hope. And, yeah. No, 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 you're right. No, no, no. I, I'm not sighing because I think you're wrong. I'm sighing because I think you're right. And – that I just think we're we. I think the Celtics are just in the middle of the, the, what they do this year is going to be very important. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I mean, yes, and I think that might be the problem. I yeah. think maybe that this year is going to be one of those fork in the road moments. Okay, and so I don't know. Like I said, I'm not sure you can win with Jalen Brown and Tatum together. I don't know. You know, they've been in the hunt for a couple years. So do you, you break that up, or do you give it another roll? I don't. I don't know. It's a tough spot to be in because I honestly don't think you got enough unless Tatum takes another step, which is completely plausible. You know what I mean? Because I really think he's got a chance to be one of the I don't know six best players in the league. Well, I think he, is he can a, get. Okay, you don't think he's there right now? He was All NBA this past year, and yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I think he may be, and he can maybe even go up a little bit further. But you start talking about the best players in the league, where does he rank? I mean, you know, that, that's a pretty good list. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jovic and Giannis and you are right off the bat. That guy, you're number three at the best. <laughs> wow. Oh, I love it, man. I absolutely love it. But I'm with you. I think he can make that next step. I'm waiting for Jalen to take that next step. I mean, he was all NBA this year, third team, all NBA. And I, uh, I think he's got the possibility of, of making that next step too, but we'll, we'll say, see about that. Like I said, dude, we've got so much to talk about. I don't want to run out of time. Uh, and we just spent 15 minutes on that trade. So, uh, <laughs> Hey, I want to talk about Damian Lillard a little bit now okay. uh, for the Portland trailblazers. I mean, I agree with everything that uh, the guy you and I listen to, Bill Simmons, says. I still, I and he said it bluntly, said it outright, and I agree with him one hundred percent. I'd like to think you and I said it before anybody else, though, dude. That uh, Scoo Henderson going third to uh, to Portland. That I think yep. when when we look back ten years from now, heck, I think it might even be five years from now, Rich. We're gonna say, what the hell were the Charlotte Hornets thinking? That they I, I think it's going to be three ahead. months from now. Yeah, take it, take it over. Talk about that. I think I, no, no. I'm sorry to interrupt, but oh. I think it's going to be three months from now that we're going to be saying that. Because that kid, I, I, you know, I said it before when we started talking about this a month ago. I, I don't know what Charlotte's doing, and he, and like your guy, our guy said, this guy's better than Lamelo. Period. Oh yeah. Look, does, does he make the flashy play that's going to be on ESPN? Maybe, maybe not. Lamelo does. Is he a, probably a winner? To me, eyeball test. Yes, he's a better, he's a more complete player than Lamelo is. I don't think Lamelo, as good as he is, has he shown us he, he's a winning player yet? Because I haven't seen it. No, he has not. No, I agree wholeheartedly. And I just you you said it. I'm not even going to take one iota of credit for this. You said it the whole time was they if if Charlotte wants to do it, you know what. Have them both in there for six months, for a year or whatever, and then get rid of Lamelo. And if Lamelo's as good as everybody thinks he's going to be, and especially if he's as good as the Hornets thinks he's going to be, then you you could probably, if you're thinking that you've got a duplication of talent there, then trade Lamelo for a draft pick, trade Lamelo for a, a mm-hmm. set player, and that's right, and you're in good shape there, dude. I just. I honestly think, Rich, that, uh, and again, I'm echoing what you said. I'm echoing what Bill Simmons said on his podcast, that we are going to look back on this. And you said three months from now, but I think legitimately three to five and definitely 10 years from now, and it's going to be the whole Sam Bowie thing all over again. How in the world do you take Sam Bowie when uh, Michael Jordan's out there? I think it's going to be the same thing. How in the world do you take a solid player in the player that the Hornets got at the number two overall pick? Who? How about this? He's so bland. I can't. It's Brandon something. I can't even remember his last name, dude. The Brandon kid. Miller. Thank you, thank you, Brandon Miller, the kid from uh, from Alabama, and who I think is going to have a serviceable career. I don't think he's going to be a bust. I don't think he's, but he's going to be a career. 12-point-a-game guy when you could have had uh, one of the best players in this generation. I just – I'm with you. I don't know what they're doing in Charlotte, and it just it, – it, it's frustrating to be a quasi-Charlotte Hornets fan and to see them – do you think Jordan on his way out, who, as everybody said, it was Jordan that had the final call on, the, on a decision in which he's not even going to be the primary owner of the team anymore. Was this sort of an uh, – What's the, how can I say this? I, I don't know. A screw I, you, a screw you move by, <laughs> by Jordan, maybe. I, 
I don't know. I mean, you haven't heard, heard Jordan say anything about this. Um, if it was me, I'd put it on him because then if it doesn't work, you can say he did it. Um, I don't know. I just don't know that they're very good at evaluating anything in Charlotte. They they seem to be pretty poorly, and not just run. I, I don't necessarily think they run poorly because, you know, the stadium's nice and the amenities are nice and blah, blah, blah. But their talent evaluation is clearly not very good. No. You know what I mean? You yes, can, I do know. <laughs> you just they, they haven't done very well in the draft at all, at all. Their free agency pickups have been, yeah. you know, I, I'm not going to argue with Gordon Haywood. I actually get why they did that. And when he was actually on the court, they were a much better team. So I'm not going to give them beef on that one. Uh, but some of the other moves – like you were just talking about with Devontae Graham being the highest paid player in San Antonio. <laughs> well, you know why? Yes, I do know why. Because he got that right. contract when he was a Hornet. That's right. I mean, are you seriously going to give a 5'10 guy? Well, that leads me to Damian Lillard. Jesus, screw. That whole <laughs> $60 million in two years. What were they thinking? Dude, but. I don't Well, let's talk Dame a little bit here uh, with – uh, the Portland Trailblazers uh, getting Scoo Henderson, and, and again, you and I both agree. I think we're in lockstep on this. He's going to be a star. He's going to be a multiple-time all-star. <laughs> yes, Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely, he is. He's going to be a stud. He is going to be a stud, and I think he's yeah. going to be for many years. And if he stays injury-free, you're talking about somebody's very, very special. So this leads us to Dame Lillard and. And I've always been, and I, I can't, I've, you and I, I'm not sure we've ever really talked about him, but I'm, I would say I'm Damian Lillard neutral to Damian Lillard neutral plus. Okay. I mean, I'm not, wouldn't say I'm a super fan or anything like this. I think his, uh, Modelo commercials are stupid. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and throw that out there. Dude, that is the stupidest commercial I've ever seen. Hey, well, he, it led him to being a six time all-star or whatever because he drinks Modelo. No, it's just whatever, man. If I'd have known that you and I'd been drinking Modelo for years, right? Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. not a big fan of those either. Yeah, me either. But anyway, anyway, my point being, he's now demanded a train or not. Nah, I wouldn't say demanded. He's asked for a trade, which, Hey, I think he, that's cool and all, but man, once you've asked for a trail, okay, you're the owner of the Portland trailblazers, Richard Clark, which I know you would love to be that anyway, but you know, and your star player comes to you and says, Hey, I want to be traded. How much? Yes. He's given 11 years to your franchise, but I'm thinking your primary job, Richard Clark, as the general manager of the Portland trailblazers is to improve your team, the Portland Trailblazers. Yes, you want to put uh, a guy that's given his heart and soul, and I really believe he has for 11 years in Portland, but I'd say that's number two. Number three on your list of things to do is to find him a good landing spot. Your number one thing is to improve your team. Am I way out of bounds, or am I being a – I don't know. I, I've, I'm right about this, right? Yes and no. Okay. I mean, we don't we don't know, Dan. See, I'm of the um, – particularly in, in the NBA and basketball in general, I'm actually of the subtra- subtraction, addition by subtraction theory. Okay. I think because think basketball requires five guys to be in harmony on the court, having somebody that's not happy really kind of harms that. Now, you can, again, in baseball, if you're right fielder and your first baseman don't like each other, so what? Basketball can't really be like that. 
you know, unless you were a truly a professional and you and I both know that, that list is pretty small. Yeah. You know, you, you just have to be able to interact. Now, that being said, I don't know, by all accounts, Dame Lillard has been a stand-up guy. So the fact that, you know, he would harm the team by being a negative presence in the locker room is probably not right. You know what I mean? Yeah. However, I would be, if I owned the Trailblazers, I would be like, you know what? It's time to start the Scoot era and see what we got. You're not going to get back dollar for dollar for Dame. You're not. It's just what it is in, in this day and age when you trade a star. Look what they got for Durant. Look what, you know, look at all of it. And Durant's trade, they gave up too much to get Durant, and it still is not fair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So I just don't think you're going to get that. What you're, I think, truthfully, what you could hope for is two first-round picks down the road that have a possibility to be something. You know, you did, if the, you know, Miami Heat's been in this argument a lot about getting Dame. Well, the Heat are always in the hunt. You know, whether they're good or not doesn't seem to matter. They seem to be in the hunt. So their draft picks are not going to be great. So I don't know that I'd want to make that move. Minnesota, on the other hand, is pretty bad all the time. So is that who you want to make? Because whatever you get back that can play this year is not going to be Damian Lillard. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And you're, and you're absolutely 100% right. His first job is try to make his team better, the Trailblazers GM. So in his regard, he doesn't need what Miami has. Now, if like our guy said, if you could get Brooklyn involved and you could get Cam Johnson and a bunch of picks back, you might ought to think about that. When did Cam Johnson become? Because he's Reggie 2.0. I agree. I guess that's a good way to put it. I wasn't going to say that, but I think you're right. It just I've heard more he's talk a... about Cam Johnson, who's, in my opinion, is he even a top 75 player in the NBA? No, he absolutely is not. Thank but you. He thank is, you. Thank you. He, he, he is probably at the top of the, of the list of best role players. Okay. Because, look, you, the one thing that goes on, there is only one basketball. And you and I both know the the guys, the studs, are going to monopolize the ball. That's just what it is. And you need guys like Reggie and Cam Johnson that can play without the basketball. Because you see what happens when you got guys that need the ball, but they can't coexist without it. Brandon, C.J. McCallum, and Zion. Well, I'm that's glad a stagnant-looking offense. It is, but I'm glad you brought up Brandon because that's one of the names that's being bandied about. I love how Kinston is involved. Here we are in the NBA summer. If I was Portland and, and the Pelicans were willing to do that, I'd do that tomorrow. Why wouldn't you? Actually, I'd, I'd do it in five minutes. I mean, because I, can you honestly, imagine I don't need Brandon? anything else. Dude, can you imagine Brandon and Scoot Henderson playing together? That, that's it, and, and he could play small forward there for them, yes, which is what they could. need. Yes, he could. Yes, he could. And I think, and he could be the adult in the room, which I hope he's prepared for. And and they give them a real closer because make no mistake, he's at the tail end of it. You know, at the bottom of the list, and and that sounds harsh, but that's not at, at all what I mean. Brandon's a closer. Yeah. When by that I mean when the game gets in the fourth quarter and you need somebody to get shot. You know, everybody thinks, and I read it all the time, oh, the NBA's layups and three-pointer. Yeah, okay, for three and a half quarters. But watch the game at the end. you got to have somebody that can get their shot, period. That's why the successful teams do. 
Denver has Chodrick and Murray. You know, the Miami had Jimmy Butler down the stretch. You have to have a guy that can get a shot, and Brandon is on that list. Now, is he at the bottom of it? He's probably in the bottom half of it for sure, but he's on it. And that list is probably only 20 deep well, at the best. It might be smaller than that. It might be. And I got to tell you, I think New Orleans has just really become sort of – and I know he – now, listen, talking to his pops I, and even talking to him uh, during his uh, day of basketball, the MLK thing, he and I chatted for a little bit. He loves New Orleans. Don't even get it twisted. I mean, that that would be the negative to this is – Brandon really thinks he's found a home in, or not thinks he, he has found a home in New Orleans. The fans love him. He loves New Orleans. He loves the food there. You know, you and I, can you imagine if you and I lived in New Orleans, how big we would be if we, uh, if we lived there? But, Man, I'm 30 pounds overweight now. <laughs> would I be, I'd be looking like Dom DeLuise in that. Oh my God, dude. I would love that. But anyway, uh, that would be the only negative to this is he really does. Uh, Brandon Ingram loves New Orleans. He loves playing there. The fans love him. He loves the fans. And thank you, baby. Uh, uh, sorry, Rich. I wasn't calling you baby. I was calling Linda baby. She just brought me a drink, okay? So I just didn't want there to be any confusion there. But uh, that would be the only uh, disappointment there, I think, is that Brandon truly loves New Orleans, and I'd kind of hope that he could stay there. Maybe they get rid of Zion and you know bring in some talent to fill that void there, and it, he just makes New Orleans his own. I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I'm beginning to think New Orleans doesn't even know what New Orleans wants to do. And maybe him going to Portland, maybe him going to Portland, Rich, I think might be that step that he needs to take in his career where he would be. Now, don't get it twisted. It would be Scoot Henderson's team. And I think Brandon is actually comfortable with that. And he would be the number two to Scoot Henderson there. And they build around Scoot and Brandon. Dude, what do you think about that? Like I said, you can you, he could Cadillac for three quarters and then close games for him, and you know, and still get his numbers and all that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And and get Scoot. Uh, yeah. The problem in New Orleans is Zion, and and I get it. What do you do if you're the GM? If you're David Griffin, GM of the Pelicans, what do you do? Uh, get your I mean, res- do you get trade your resume, Zion? Get your resume ready because you're gonna be looking for a new job right. next year. You're about to be fired. <laughs> I would have traded him for Lamelo. Yeah. If they if they wanted to do it, I would have did that. Um, I, I but the problem is if you trade if you do something and trade Zion and he comes back full strength, you're gonna look like a putt. And <sighs> yeah, if if you but flip side, if you trade Brandon and Zion doesn't come back, you look like a putt. So you know he's in a bad spot now because Zion is being Zion, and uh, and I'm not talking about all the girl stuff and all that. I'm talking about it doesn't appear he wants to play. You know, I don't care what he does, you know, off the I'll court, but it doesn't either. appear he wants to play. But, but it, it is good for the chuckles that it gives us, though, right? <laughs> I, I, you know. <laughs> all I know is, come on, man. You got to do better than that. You know. No, I agree with you. <laughs> Listen, on the line with us right now, Richard Clark from the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. Man, we have talked about a lot. We haven't even got to the number one thing, and that's how we'll wrap up your visit here this week. Are you ready for overreaction theater here on the Brian Hanks yep, show? Yeah, give it to me. Give me a hot take. <laughs> Here's my hot take. I don't think Wimby's that good, dude. I don't. <laughs> I think he. I think he's a product of all you hoop heads. And, yes, Richard Clark, I'm including you and – Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo and 
I don't know the ESPN guys, uh, who win horse, all you, all you, uh, NBA, uh, hoop heads who have been waiting for the next. And yes, I just did air quotes around next, you know, the next wow. LeBron, the next, whatever dude, when I watched, I've never watched a summer league game, dude. I watched 90% of that summer league game against the Hornets. When by Yana, dude, he looked like Richard Clark could post him up. Okay. He was Dude, he shot two for 13 from the field in a game against players who are, what, 95% of them are not going to make the team. They're going to be uh, bagging groceries and, you know, playing in uh, playing in Europe when the, when the NBA season comes around, dude. I, I'm saying it now, dude, and I, I guess I hope I'm wrong for Reggie's sake and all that since he's going to San Antonio. Dude, he, I think Wimbayana is overrated, dude. Is that your take? Are you done? That's my take. Overrated. I think. Uh, I think he'll be a good, serviceable player. I think he'll be. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, what is he? Seven five. So, I think he'll have a solid double double career. But he is not going to be anywhere near this rock star next. The next player like uh, like you and everybody else has said he's going to be, dude. There's my heart. My hot take, dude. All right, allow me to retort. <laughs> I love it, Pulp Fiction. He, he, the first game over here with all that rock star stuff, hadn't touched, probably touched the ball in two weeks. And really, if you watch the game itself, first of all, summer league for big men is like an all-star game. That's why the big men don't usually look good in summer league. The guards are out there going for theirs. You add that to it that you can foul get 10 fouls and they were fouling the crap out of him. You know, um, it's probably why they shut him down, honestly, after the second game. But if you really go back and look, his passing was fantastic. His defense was okay. Um, he clearly needed to get his wind up, you know, but really it was the shooting. We get lost in the, in that, Oh, he didn't, you know, he didn't do anything. He only had nine points because he didn't shoot well. He had 27 and eight and six in the next game. Yeah. So uh, I just think that this is a kid who, much like a, I don't know, a baby giraffe hasn't quite figured it out yet. <laughs> Seriously, because that's kind of what it looks like he to me. He did. He looked like it's a very good analogy. Keep going. But I'm telling you, when he figures it out, and they get in his ear and they teach him how to be an NBA player. Because there were flashes that you see that pull up three off the dribble. He's seven five. They can't even touch that. He missed the dunk when he went baseline and he didn't try it again. But he went baseline and was at the basket before he knew it and missed the dunk. All of that is going to come with time. Um, you know, big men typically – mature later as as basketball prospects because they haven't been big men their whole life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think this kid is going to be like that. I, I just think he shot poorly in the first game and everybody's losing their mind. And I think he's going to be fine. And I think he's going to end up being better than fine because they'll actually run some offense for him. I mean, geez, Louise, the Spurs, he didn't even have the most shots on his team. Think about that for a minute. Like you said, there's a bunch of guys that are going to be bagging groceries, and they shot more than him. Yeah. 
What? <laughs> I know. Can you imagine you're on the team? And I'm not even going to throw out names here, but you're on the team and you can tell people that, uh, yeah, you know, Wimby's first game, uh, I outshot him 17 to 13. <laughs> even worse to me is that the coach or whoever it was let it happen. I mean, what? The, the first time they missed him going, see, first of all, for all the basketball people out there, if there's anybody listening that wants to teach a kid or a kid that's listening, please learn how to throw an entry pass through a low post because <laughs> apparently nobody can do it anymore. What happened? I, I, okay, no, no, I did not know we were going down this road. Where, where, where is Wells and Perry at right now? Because hey, they need to get on the ball. I love. Let me tell you something. I've got two uh, point guards that are going to be uh, here in our second hour, Isaac Parson and Isaiah Parson. And that's one of the things that they do very well at Kenson High School. They know how to pass to the post, okay? They know you're, I, you're... I hope so because I don't see it. I watch these young kids playing, and I get it because, frankly, there hasn't been a dominant postman since Shaq or maybe Tim Duncan, if you want to go there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, who knows how to feed the post anymore? I get it. But it's a lost art, man. And you really – if you go back and watch, as boring as it is, you go back and happen to – I happen to catch the Bulls-Jazz, you know, game where Jordan hit the winner – and watch Stockton feeding Malone on the post. And, and it looks like nothing. But apparently it's something because they can't do it anymore. You know how many times the Spurs threw the ball away trying to throw it to him yep, yep. In, in the low block over that first game? It had to be six times. Had to be. Hey, you know what? So, I, bet, I bet you Reggie Bullock knows how to pass into the interior, don't you think? I would hope so. If he doesn't, I need to find Wells with him and, and give him a piece of my mind. Well, listen, hey, I know we're into our second hour, but I got to ask you. We've I got to ask you about the NBA Cup, the uh, the tournament, the end season tournament that they're going to be playing. I just wanted your thoughts on that real quick. And seriously, like I said, we're into our second hour. I've got my second hour guest waiting for me in the green room right now, so we don't have a whole lot of time. The to get green this, room. <laughs> you like that? The man cave, man. The green room. There yes. you go. There you go, man. Hey, we're big time, dude. We're big time. You know, we're award winners now, right? Ah, uh, okay. There you go. <laughs> Dude, you know now I, you're big timing people. Hey, Go I, sit in the big in the green room, <laughs> drink some tea. Dude, I'm sipping Bojangles tea right now. How about that? I love it. You're right. Hey, real quick, dude. Though uh, Richard Clark, Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. Here in our second hour, uh, NBA Cup. Your thoughts on that? Now, I tell you what. Next week we'll dive much deeper into that. Okay. I don't know what it, how it's going to be. I think it just comes at a good time for them to have get some ratings. I don't know if it's going to have any real value. Um, we'll see. I, I don't know. I don't know that you can uh, in something of that nature. Uh, soccer is a little bit different animal, which is what they were kind of trying to get. I think, you know, how they do those mid-season, whatever they do. But soccer, as we know, I only know from Ted Lasso, honestly, they don't actually have a season. So it just kind of keeps going. So um, I don't know. I don't know how that would be. The games itself ought to be pretty good. But other than that, you know, I don't know that holds any real meaning. I don't either. And I can't imagine, you know, a player. Let's say even Dame Lillard, who's making $40 million a year. Hey, your motivation for winning this is you get $500,000. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe if we play the second string guys, they'll be out there killing each other. (laughs) So maybe that's the way to go. Like anybody making over, you know, 15 mil can't play. I love it. I absolutely listen, Richard Clark, man. Thank you so much. Uh, we hit, dude. 
We hit air. I had seven th- things I wanted to hit. We talked about every single one of them today. How oh, about my that, goodness. Dude? That's We've not never like done us. that. We've never done that. <laughs> That's definitely not like us. I know. Listen, Rich, I appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week here on the show, okay? Thanks for having me. There you go. That's Richard Clark from the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com, here on the Brian Hanks Show this morning. Coming up next there, walking into my plush, well-lit studio right now, it's our uh, good friends. It's IP1, IP2, uh, Isaac Parson, Isaiah Parson joining us here on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.